Welcome to the Social Fishing Podcast. My name is Reese Creed. I'm a passionate angler and I want to share as much as I can about the sport we all love. On this podcast, we speak to incredible anglers, sharing a wealth of priceless knowledge, all to help you reach your fishing dreams. Thanks for joining us today. Now let's begin. Welcome all SF listeners. This is a COD opening special podcast episode for 2020 and I'm also going to be answering your listener questions. Now, we're doing this podcast on my own and it's a little bit different to the usual interviews or sit-down chats with Talis or Chris. Now, this is a COD opening special and I wanted to get an episode out before the weekend of COD opening. Now, COD opening is already here. It was on Tuesday, so midnight or Tuesday morning and I know so many people who took off work, planned to head out. We had good weather this week, a really good barometer midweek. This week coming up, the barometer isn't ideal. Uh, There's a bit of rain around, but being nice and warm, there's still plenty of opportunities for chasing cod. And I wanted to get this episode out, give you guys something to listen to, a bit of a pep talk, a bit of inspiration for the weekend ahead and also the summer and season ahead. This is kicking off COD season for 2020. There are going to be some great things happening. I'm sure there are going to be plenty of memories made and great fish caught for the next nine months when it, all the way around to when it closes in winter again. But this is going to be a big year. Uh, we had a struggle. Well, the fish struggled last year. We had drought all around pretty well wherever COD live in Australia. They were hit hard by drought low flows uh, and we had bushfires as well. We've had a lot of rain since closing. Uh, We've reopened with a bang. Conditions might not be ideal at the minute but we are going to have a bumper cod season ahead and this is a cod opening special for 2020, an episode to get you pumped and excited for the season ahead. As I mentioned, guys, this is episode 47. Now, whether you have listened to one of those 47 episodes before, you've been here before, you've listened to me talk before or interview other anglers, or if you're new to the Social Fishing Podcast, welcome to this episode. Hope you learn a little bit and get a bit of inspiration uh, for the season ahead and also just learn a little bit about what we do at Social Fishing. It's going to be a shorter than usual episode, just a little intro for basically the 2020 COD season. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to share a few tips for COD opening as it's right here now. So tips for opening now that the season started and also the rest of summer uh, and just a few tips for the next few weeks. So I'm going to be talking about them. Uh, There's quite a few little things I want to touch on there. I also want to run through the listener questions. So we have had some great listener questions come through over the past few months and I want to apologize that we haven't had a listener questions episode for quite some time. Normally, I do this with Talos, but I'm going to be doing this one today on my own, but I've got about six or seven listener questions there that I'm going to run through, which will be really good. And guys, just so you know, you can all shoot through your listener questions. So, what you do is you go to socialfishing.com.au, hit join in the top right-hand corner. You can create a free account, and that account is also connected to the Freshwater Mini Series. We have a Freshwater Mini Series, really awesome content. Learn the basics and the starting to basically lure fishing for native fish and also trout. So check that out. That's in that free account. But in that free account, you can also submit listener questions. They basically come straight to us and I have them all ready for an episode like this. So I love getting these listener questions. We go into detail on them and I'm going to be answering the ones today in detail. So that'll be really, really cool. So I've got that. 
Then I'm also going to be talking about my recent trips, uh, how I've been going, things I've learnt, and also my plans for the summer ahead, and talk a bit about a few upcoming episodes that are going to be coming up throughout the rest of December and also through to January. I have four episodes ready to go, so they're going to be really exciting, and then we'll get more as the year moves on, but we're nearly at 2021. It's crazy. I think we all want to leave 2020 behind, to be honest. it's um, It's been a rough rough time and I'm sure there's people out there who have had one of the toughest years they can remember. Uh, The bushfires come very, very close to my place. I I remember the night they were here, I stayed up till nearly 2 o'clock, the night that they were looking at threatening our area. Uh, We had the bags packed, we had three big suitcases sitting on the lounge room floor for two days, we lived out of them uh, and I was ready to basically, you know, had everything ready to go but uh, we didn't have to go luckily but I know a lot of people who did have to leave and they're only they only live 40 k's from where we are and a lot of people lost their homes so yeah the, the bushfires were, were tough on us but even tougher on the fish I know a lot of trout streams through this area so the area I'm in uh, based in Tumut so foothills of the snowy mountains on the northern side of the snowy mountains about oh, 50 k's from you know to the top of the snowies not the very top but to getting up into the alpine area uh, and yeah, the fires tore through sort of Tumbarumba region, uh, a lot of the trout streams there, there's even Macquarie Perch in Manus Creek, uh, a lot of them died, perished, Tumbarumba Creek lost a massive population of trout, uh, Paddy's River, there's a lot of small streams all through there that lost, and this is just my localized area, there was, there was fires all the way up the Great Dividing Range, Blue Mountains uh, really, really copped it in just west of Sydney, you know, it was just, it was massive bushfire, but there was a big, there was a big bushfire through Kosciuszko uh, National Park, that one started in Green Hills, that's the one that almost got to where we are, and the the, the, the way it burnt was ridiculous, um, and the, the area it covered, it burnt all the hills around Talbingo Dam, half of Blaring Dam, Junamar Pondage, went and just tore its way up towards Yukonbane, destroyed Cabramurra up the top there. And then there was the other big fire down on the border uh, around Jinjelic, Walwa, uh, Koryong, and it ma- massive fish kills through there as well, unfortunately, of, of native species. So big, big cod. There was carp, golden perch, the whole lot, all dying through sort of the upper Murray region and all the, the tributaries up there, which was a extremely stronghold for native fish and a great fishery that had been worked on so hard by locals that stocked it and looked after that water. And it was one of the best cod waterways in my general area to fish and uh, yeah it's going to take a long time to get back to what it was um so yeah we'll, we'll have that more info on that that fish kill in particular i've got someone teed up to talk to down the track about fishing that area but also what happened so won't talk too much about that but anyway as i was mentioning be good for 2020 to disappear i think for all of us i'm sure plenty of people had good fishing sessions i caught another cracker cod this year which i was stoked about we had covid as well didn't even get to that so the bushfires were one thing the drought for the poor fish and then covid obviously stopped us all from traveling and put a little bit of a, a halt on myself building the membership as we would have liked when wasn't able to travel to other states but um yeah a lot of people had to cancel their fishing trips i know people had annual fishing trips we have an annual trip to eild in october that didn't happen um a lot of people more so 
not just fishing related, and I know you're listening to this podcast for fishing, but family life, you know, that's worse than not being able to fish. So, but a lot of fishing for a lot of us is our relaxation time to get away, de-stress, you know, it can be very important for us. So, not being able to get out, especially if you were in Victoria. So, I want to say I feel for all Victorians who weren't even able to go hit the water for a very long period there. And I know Metro Melbourne uh, was even longer than regional Victoria and they were locked down for quite some time so I know a lot of anglers who live in Melbourne and and travel out to fish the fresh water and weren't able to do so and it would have been an extremely extremely tough time to go through I really have no idea because it we didn't went locked down like that anywhere near up here we only had a short lockdown for not that long in about April May I think it was uh, but Melbourne went into this harsh lockdown and not like long ago so uh, yeah I feel for everyone who's down there but the bright side is 2021 is around the corner COVID is sort of sort of under control. I feel uh, everything's sort of unlocked now. We can travel to Victoria. Victorians can travel to New South Wales and also Queensland. So it's looking good, guys, and we can only be positive for the year ahead. So I'm super excited, and I want to say once again, thank you guys for listening to this podcast. I hope it has helped fill in some blank time on the road, heading to a fishing trip, heading out to a waterway, give you a bit of inspiration and a pep talk for getting out there. And the main goal of the podcast is to help you guys learn and share some tips and things like that so i really do hope that you've learned something from the podcast and from the episodes that you've listened to really hope you've learned a lot uh, and you've taken that out on the water and it's helped you catch fish we've had so many great messages come through and if you want we love to hear your stories comment on apple podcasts or just shoot me a message on instagram or facebook and let me know how the podcast has helped you or even better say something in your story, post it on your story or anywhere and tag us in it and we'll share it with everyone. We want to get the word out there about this podcast and grow it as big as we can and I'm always trying to get on different anglers to talk about different topics. If you want us to talk about a specific topic, uh, shoot me a message and like I said, if you've got a listener question, head onto the website and submit your listener questions. Righto, so we have COD opening which has just gone on Tuesday. This is now Friday. This is going up. So, we've got the weekend ahead. So, you, you may be downloading this and listening to this early Saturday morning when you're heading out for your trip for this weekend. Now, for this weekend and the next few weeks, I've got a few tips. Now, summer-wise for cod, they, they love the warmer water. So, cod flourish a lot more in warmer water than they do in cooler water, even though we associate winter with targeting big, big cod. Summertime, they're all more active. And I know we catch a lot of big cod in the wintertime, but they are more active in the summer. But so are your smaller models as well. So, summertime is a great time activity-wise for the fish. There's so much food around. Uh, they flourish. The water's comfortable for them and therefore they feed a lot. Now, early summer is ideal. So, December is the go. Now, if I look at summer as sort of, look at cod season. Let's just talk about cod season even though we're talking about it's like summer tips for cod. December is a great month. One, they've had a rest in majority of locations. A few impairments they haven't but rivers, streams, they've all had a rest. And the water is optimum for them. So, usually November is ideal. That's why they spawn at that time. Just after that, December, still nice. It's it's hot. It is getting hotter, but it's not usually the scorching hot of January, February. But sometimes it is, but usually it's not. And it's a good temperature and the, the cod haven't had extended long periods of hot weather yet. So, December is, December is a cracker of a month. Up until I find about Christmas. Now, 
Christmas is sort of the time when I sort of pull the pin on going real hard in my empowerments because Christmas time through till probably like the 5th of January, even more the 10th, it's very, very busy and it's not so much that fishos, it's more so your ski boats, your boat activity, there's a lot going on, there's a lot of pressure. So, in empowerments that are really popular, December is where it starts to slow down. But in terms of the fish feeding, they'll still feed right through till probably that New Year's, probably the early January. So, that's December is your key month because, like I said, they haven't had the extended heat for too long. So, I find December, maybe into the first week of January is the best. That goes for rivers and streams as well. So, if I'm surface fishing a small creek or if I'm out fishing a river system, December is ideal. The fish are happy. They haven't had two months of hot yet, hot weather. Um, They'll still feed during the day. Obviously, you keep for some of your key bite periods early and late, but December fish is quite different to January, February does. Once it gets really hot, January, February can become a lot tougher. I still find around New Year's isn't too bad, but usually by then we have that heat and it goes from year to year. So, watch your weather patterns. That's a big tip that I could share with you is watch your weather patterns and this goes for any style of fishing and if you're not sure what weather patterns work best, that's what we are here to do. We're here to help. That's the point of the podcast and our membership and our website. So, with COD, once you will get those week-long periods above 35 degrees. Now, this depends on where you're fishing. Up in northern New South Wales, their periods of heat are a lot longer and a lot hotter. So, I'm talking about New England area, sort of into southern Queensland. There's a lot more heat up there. Sort of central New South Wales is hot as well and then southern New South Wales is hot but not quite as hot as up there. But if you get a week-long period of 35, 38, 40, 38, 40, 40, 38, whatever, those sort of numbers the fish will sort of start to slow down, especially during the day and they'll sort of concentrate on the night time and through January, even in small creeks, we've had some incredible sessions but those super hot nights, the fish will still be active but in the night. So, daytime will be very, very slow. I find the afternoon to be slow as well. Nighttime and morning seems to be the best once it gets to those extreme temperatures. It's same with impoundments. The water will warm up quite a lot. They'll still feed. They'll just push a little bit deeper. But I find that the fish will shut down a little bit more in January, February as a general rule of thumb than they will in December. Then come March, you go back to those temperatures you kind of have through the end of November, start of December. And March can fish really well again. So, the water temps will go back to sort of a good temperature around that can be anywhere from that 20 to 23 degrees, probably usually a bit warmer in March, especially if you've had a hot Gen Feb, early March, can still be quite hot. But see now the water temperatures around now are that they're anywhere, it depends where you're fishing, but they can be anywhere from 20 to 25, 26 degrees at the minute. But I've see I fished a, uh, it was in January a few years back, I remember fishing a small river system and we rocked up, put the boat in, it was the afternoon and the water said 32 degrees. 32 degrees. We fished for an hour and I said, no, let's just not even waste our time. We may have put, we may have been able to land a fish and that's, remember, that's surface temperature. That's not the temperature two or three meters down. But in January, we had consistently hot weather. The surface temp was 32. The down deep, which we're only in a small river, it was only probably three and a half meters deep maximum. It was going to be too hot to get a good activity from cod and good bites and good feeding sessions. We might have tricked one into feeding, we might have found one, but 
yeah, that was just too hot and too hot for my liking. So we pulled in, we headed over, we traveled another, I think it was an hour or 40 minutes to head to the local dam um, and fish there for cod because then we can get down deeper, we can find more comfortable fish. So summertime can be hard on the fish. And I remember last year, uh, we fished Burrenjuk. I fished with Chris. Now, I couldn't quite remember, it was in January and it was hot. And we had a four day period of above 40 degrees and we went on a 42 degree day now i know that is stupid normally i would pull the pin and go another time but it was chris's bucks party uh it was the only weekend he could do so we thought let's just go in the day we hung out we actually put the gazebos right on the water's edge swam pretty well sat in the water all day and then fished in the dark and and we struggled it was really really tough weekend uh between two boats there was a third boat on one of the nights casting did not produce a thing talos got one big yellow on a big spinnerbait and that was it we had to we resorted to trolling on the last night at about 10 o'clock 10 30 that night and trolling we managed three we had three good hits from cod landed two nice cod but we were trolling in that eight meter mark and that's all about adapting your techniques in summer so december if i was to head out now chasing the fish in the impoundments they're not going to be all that deep and you'll get them casting in saying that they will be deeper so they'll be between possibly on average that five to seven meter mark but then come January, February, your active fish might be deeper, that 8, 9, 10 meter mark. So to summarize my first tip, early summer is great for all styles of fishing. Casting to the edges of the banks in a river system, um, surface fishing, they'll still feed, you know, a few hours in the light. Uh, you'll still get them during the day even. Middle of the day obviously isn't conducive of cod full stop even in, say, April. But December is a really good month. So guys, get out there now and have a crack. Now, surface fishing is great in December. It's great all summer, to be honest, and I know people who do it all through summer, and if you're fishing low-light periods in January, February, you'll still have incredible sessions. Same with December now, uh, and and they will be actively hitting surface lures. Now, if you're going to be surface fishing, like I said, low-light's the key, and these are things you probably already know, but early and late and into the dark. Into the dark even more so come January, February. So your river, river systems, your streams, they'll fish really well. Now, I've had experiences on smaller streams, ones that aren't connected to any of our impoundments. They seem to fish better in December and also come March, April. January, February, it can be hit and miss, obviously, depending on that consistency of that heat, and I've found them to slow down during the January, February period. Now, if you have a river system with a lot more flow, maybe ones that come out of the bottom of impoundments, uh, they can fish great the whole way through, December, January, February. Sometimes they actually even fish better in January and February because the temperatures are nice, especially if you're up close to sort of where the tail race comes out where the cod sort of start so i'm talking the goulburn river coming out of yielden right where sort of the trout stop and the cod move up to the bidgey barring i'm um, sorry the bidgey where it comes out of barringer and blaring same deal uh you've also got canberra where the water comes out of the snowies runs around the valley and through the act same deal there those waterways if you're close enough to that cooler water, they actually fish better in January, February, whereas further down the system, fish is better sort of December and March. So that's just something to remember. Now, if you're fishing in impoundments, deeper is your best option now. You want to find the most comfortable water for cod. Now, some impoundments where like I was out on Blaring the other day, the water's 24, 25 degrees surface temp. So only a few meters down, it's probably around that optimum 
like sort of temperature for them. So depending on the dam, the fish will be anywhere from two or three meters on a, on a rocky bank down to that 10 meter mark. Ideally in December, that four, five, six, seven, even possibly eight meters is the go. Now, I know that's a massive variation, but it depends on the dam, depends on, you know, the week, but they're the areas I'll be fishing. And if you're casting diagonally in against a rocky bank, you can sit the boat in 10 or 11 meters. You can cast in almost land the lure on the bank and that way you're covering all those depths. But it's also a good idea that once you work out what depth they're in to cast more of a diagonal angle or don't cast it right to the bank and waste that time in riding close in that one to two, possibly even three meters if you know the fish are sitting in six or seven. So it's just a handy tip. The fish are active now in summer. They're going to be active and ideally you want to look for structure. Totally different way to how we fish in the winter time for most impoundments. You want to be looking for activity. You want to look for where the food's going to be holding. The food's going to be in any, against rocky banks are just a winner full stop. Rocky banks with timber, any sort of bank that runs in on a, on a maybe a 35, 40 degree angle to sort of steeper. So that, so those, you know, a gent, not a gentle bank, but a nice running in, a bank that runs in at a nice angle. Uh, it's got a bit of rock, timber on it. They're great all the way to your steep ones, even your vertical ones. The cod will hold in really tight. Y-Angle has got great bouldery uh, banks, heaps of boulder and timber. Now that the lake's filled up above 60%, there's great structure in there. Those bouldery banks is where you want to be targeting. There's also some good rocky banks, some shale rock in Y-Angler. Barren Jack's got massive cliff faces, big rocky edges, especially now that it's full. They're all ideal in summer. Same goes for all your other lakes as well, Eild and Blaring, even all your lakes up north. You want to be close to structure. Even your gullies as well, so sort of fishing where gully will run out or where water runs into a dam through an arm, where that gully is and working that sort of four to seven or eight meter mark and obviously shallower earlier in the season and get deeper as it gets hotter through that January, February period. One last tip for fishing uh, in the summer for cod over these next few weeks is follow your barometric pressure. I rely quite a lot on my barometer. Now, this depends on if you're fishing a river or if you're fishing an impoundment. No matter where you're fishing, I've found the bite to be better, consistently better on a higher barometer. So, for example, we've done some small creek sessions uh, chasing cod, Pretend the weather, everything else is the same, which it usually is in summer. You get a bit of a breeze in summer. It can be quite windy, but that's just a normal summer's day. Hot, uh, the water is flowing the same, clarity is the same, all that. You will still catch, I'll still catch fish. And a lot of those creek sessions, if I could only go on a Friday night or especially when I used to only shoot up on a Friday night, didn't matter what the barometer was, I was going and we were fishing. And... We'd normally catch fish on every trip. Now, some trips we might get three or four buffs for the night and stick two. There was one night there we got five buffs and we, we stuck a couple. Uh, and then there was nights where you might get 10, 11, 12 buffs uh, and you get five or six fish. And usually, the common reason for those difference, the difference in the trips was usually the barometer. Now, I was still happy to go because you could get one cracker. I remember one, we went, we got two fish, one each, and I got, we got two cracking fish. And the barometer wasn't ideal, but we still went, we still caught fish. But there was a night where we were actually filming for the Complete Guide series. So if you guys want to see this, it's in the Surface Complete Guide. It's Murray Cod on Surface. Uh, it's a four-part series. We've got empowerment content, and then we've got creek and river content. Um, there's a creek session we did. 
And it's one of the coolest clips we've put together. It goes for eight. It goes for a fair while. It shows you all the techniques, the surface fishing, uh, and it shows you our night session. So I was actually on the camera. It's a really cool story, this trip. I was on the camera. It was a stinking hot night, stinking hot. It was actually in January, but we had a really good barometer. It was over 1,020. Uh, it, was, it was rising really quickly, and the fishing action was hot. We got two or three buffs before dark. I was filming with the camera and Jack got a buff to my left and then I zoomed in on his lure and Chris got smashed to my right. So I had to zoom out and try and get both their lures in the one shot. Uh, Chris got a cracking cod before dark and then the activity just didn't stop. And Chris actually, there's a really cool, as we worked up, he was, it was about, oh, I'm going to say it's about 9.30 just after dark and we're working this deep corner. Chris got absolutely smashed by this massive fish and you could hear it in his voice. This fish was big and you could hear And we're in a tiny creek. You could cast the other side in any pool of this creek. It was tiny. And he oh, he was like, holy moly, did you guys hear that? And we were like stunned. Could not believe the size of it and he missed it. Anyway, we continued upstream. Um, Talos got his first caught on a surface lure. That was a way back. He was helping us film that session. He'll remember. And then... What else? Jack Jack got a cracker that was 74 centimeters from this small creek. It's the biggest one we've caught out of this tiny creek, 74 centimeter. We got other buffs on our way back. Chris managed to get this big fish to eat again, stuck it, ended up going over a meter, um, and there was so much action plus more action the next morning. So, And that was a high barometer. So if before I move on, if any of you guys are interested to see that session, plus before it, we talked about the techniques, how we fish, the lures we use, the different scenarios for surface fishing, all the rules to surface fishing in that Complete God series. I'll leave a link to that on our website in the show notes of this episode. So there are show notes on every episode. So you can go to the social fishing website, you can go to podcasts, find this one and down below there'll be all the show notes. I'll leave a link to that series but it's also on our website and it's the murray cod on surface complete guide tutorial so that's if you're interested in that but yeah so basically what i'm getting at is the barometer will make a difference so like i said i'll split it into two you've got river systems and you've got impoundments rivers i'd still go high or low barometer you can still have some cracking sessions uh, on the river, especially if the barometer is low but moving. If it's dropping really quick or rising really quick, which you can get with these summer afternoon storms, river, it, I wouldn't wouldn't bother me too much. I'll still go out at any opportunity I can. Empowerments, on the other hand, a little bit more picky and choosy if you can be. Try and be selective on your days because the barometer can have a massive impact on how the fish behave in the impoundments. And fishing impoundments, the lures aren't right on their noses like they are in a river. The lure drops in their nose on the river, a fish, bang, they'll hit it even if it's a low barometer and they're not happy. Uh, that's just a, a scenario. In an impoundment, our lures, the fish actually a lot of the time will mo- have to move to get to your lure because there's so much water you're trying to cover. You don't know where down there the fish is going to be. So a lot of the fish will actually move, follow, and then hit. If it's a low barometer, there's a pretty fat chance you're going to get many cod to do that at all. Not many are going to want to travel, but when you've got a high barometer, good activity, that's when you're more likely to get your fish to move. So if you've got no option, you've got to go out, still go out on either barometer, but summer, I find um, I have some much better success we might get on a low barometer. You might turn a hit, you might get a couple of hits, but 
Um, I've had some good sessions on a high barometer where you really do, you get lots of good hits and the fish are a lot more active. It's just a big rule I follow and it's just something to look at. So, look at uh, your barometric pressure. Now, one thing I do, uh, if you didn't know, I do a weekly fishing prediction and update. So, I do a weekly video every week on a Tuesday. It goes up Tuesday morning and I give you my prediction for the week ahead based on the time of year. So, basically, I look at the time of year, what the fish should be doing, uh, cod, goldens, trout, all freshwater species and look at, you know, like kind of the tips I'm giving you here about early summer and what we do for cod. So, I look at the week, uh, what should be happening if the goldens are firing in this part of, you know, the country or cod are doing this. Also, look at the weather prediction for four different locations through New South Wales and Victoria and give you my opinion on the weather and, and how that's going to affect the fishing. And then the best part, I look at the barometric pressure for that entire week and give you my prediction based on the time of year, the weather conditions and also the barometric pressure as to which days will be best during this week, the week ahead and whether the fishing will be good or poor or it's the great time to go out or it's a time you should give a miss. So, I actually do a weekly fishing prediction and that's inside the SF membership. So, you can learn more about that in the show notes. I'll leave a link to that in the show notes but that's just one thing of many things that we create inside the social fishing membership but that is the weekly fishing prediction. So, I'll look at all those kind of things. Another handy tip for fishing in the summertime, in the warmer months, the fish are active and you want to use lures that are classified or, or talked about and called reaction style lures. So, these are usually lures that have a bit more action to them or a bit more vibration, they stand out. So, in our impoundments, this is key because you've you got your swim baits and your soft plastics, which are ideal wintertime lures. They're really good wintertime lures and they work well in summer as well. But if you're just getting into this style of fishing or you want to chase some cod, ideal lures are reaction style lures. So, your spinnerbaits, your mumblers or they're also known as chatterbaits, uh, surface lures work well but your paddler style will usually work better than your weight bait style depending on the situation only because they're your more reaction style lures. So, Anything that really stands out, hard bodies work really well as well. But that doesn't mean soft plastics and your swim baits won't work. I love using soft plastics even in summertime. Fish love them. But your reaction style lures, uh, ones that are noisier, will work better in summer than they will in winter. So, that's something key to remember. And last of all, obviously, your low light periods. Your summertime is you really want to concentrate on those first couple of hours, two to three hours of light, your last couple of hours of light and the night time. Now, early summer, so December now, either end of the day will fish well, morning or afternoon. But come January, February, March, ideally the morning sessions will be better because you're at that time of year where the temperature is too hot. So, it's above sort of the comfortable range for cod. And because it's above it, the coolest time of the day is the morning. So, the morning is we're going to have the best buy period usually. So, morning time in the summer uh, is my favorite time to go out, whether I'm in a creek system or a river or an impoundment. I find you get better bite periods in those extremely hot conditions in the morning more so than the afternoon. So, there's just a few things to remember and a few tips if you're heading out uh, this cod opening this weekend or pretty well any time over summer. Now, like I said, it's going to be a great season ahead. There's heaps of water around. Uh, some river systems won't be fishing very well just due to the high volume of water coming out of the impoundments or from the recent rainfall we've had. But this flush is going to bring life back to the system. The Macquarie River uh, in central New South Wales, it has dried up to pools before this rain. So, the last two years, it's been running 
in a very, very sad state. Uh, and now it's flourishing with water. There's water flowing right down. There's plenty of water back in the system. There were some big fish kills through that system, unfortunately, uh, due to that high flowing water that just picked up all the debris and deoxygenated water. But the cycle needed to come around and we needed some water in that system. So things are looking up for most waterways. The only the area of uh, pretty well where cod live, the Murray-Darling Basin, is northern New South Wales is lacking in water still a little bit. So fingers crossed that area can get some more water because I'm pretty sure Copeton's sitting around that 14 15%. And those northern storages need a bit more water, but we are looking in much better shape than we were 12 months ago. So it's good to see. Now, also, guys, we run a live Q&A. So we run a live Q&A inside our membership, and the recent one that we just did was with Jacko Davis. Now, it was a cracker of a Q&A night, and we talked about all sorts of different things uh, for Chasing Cod. It was a cod opening special. All the members tuned in, asked questions, and then we did a demonstration on fishing the thermocline for cod in impoundments effectively, which is something Jacko does quite a lot of, and we did a demonstration on that. And I just want you guys to know that that is recorded, and you can watch the replays of that and any other live Q&A that we've done uh, inside the SF membership. So we're always doing a live Q&A every single month. Uh, It's a really interactive, fun night. It's really cool. Uh, we get on special guests for that and we talk about different topics, get their opinions and I'm in there. I'm there as well. Uh, so there's questions, you can shoot through questions for myself or obviously the special guest. And now we've run about seven of them, I think, and all seven you can watch back and we'll continue to add them every single month. So guys, let's talk about, or let's go on to the listener questions that we have for this episode. So guys, once again, thank you to everyone who sent them in. Now, the first one is from Jason Stevens. Mate, you sent this one in a while ago and I want to apologize. It's taken so long to get back to you now. In all of these, we ask for what is your favorite episode and I love hearing what you've said, Jason. Andy McGovern was very inspirational and I would have to agree. If you guys are listening to this episode of the podcast and you haven't listened to the one with Andrew McGovern, go check it out. It is a cracker of an episode. He is a really, really good bloke and yeah, that's definitely should be worth listening. Put that on your bucket list or on your favorites to listen to in the near future. Now, the question here from Jason is, I fish Eildon regularly and was just wondering what impact on lure casting for cod heavy boat traffic has on cod, especially in winter. Thanks, guys. Love the podcasts. So, you're talking about the impact of people casting lures and the heavy boat traffic on cod. Now, this is the thing. Um, if we look back to sort of... Uh, let's look at Copeton back five years ago. Now, it was an incredible fishery. Now, it is still an incredible fishery, but it's much tougher unless you really know the lake and fish it regularly. If you go there and visit the place, uh, the fishing might take you a little while to work out, whereas five years ago, it was the trophy cod destination. It was the in place. It was that if you hadn't been to Copeton, people would be like, why haven't you been? Like it is, It was the go-to spot. Now, it's kind of consistent with all the other lakes, obviously, unless you fish it all the time. And that is all due to pressure. It's due, well, there could be another reasons. There could be the low, sorry, the low water levels as well. But from my opinion, and I could be totally wrong, but from my opinion, I would assume that it is from the traffic. And there's good reasons to back that up because it got fished a lot. And surface lures, especially wake baits, were the go-to thing up there. And so many cod have now seen those lures. They have switched onto that. 
they've adapted, they now know that it's not food or a lot of the fish in the system now know it's not food and therefore instead of going up and getting two or three big cod for a trip up there, you might come across one every few trips. It's because a lot of those fish are keyed into that and also the boat traffic. So yes, heavy boat traffic and heavy fishing pressure on cod or any species or cod more so golden perch not as much but definitely cod they're not a they're not a dumb fish they are very very intelligent fish and they will learn so waterways that receive very little pressure so waterways maybe river systems or creek systems western new south wales uh some spots in Victoria, there's plenty of spots that are, are sort of untouched. They've, tu- they've been fished, but they receive a lot less pressure. Or a big river system that's got no public access and has private access. The fish in that system that haven't seen lures will be much easier to catch compared to ones that receive a lot of pressure. And that's just because of how smart they are. So, a place like Eildon, even though it has big stocking numbers, a lot of fish going in, a lot of fish get caught, it does receive a lot of pressure. So, it it's not always the easiest to they're not always the easiest fish to catch and that may I'm keen to see over the next 4 or 5 years how that changes and whether the stocking in that system sort of out like exceeds the amount of fishing pressure that the fish are still fairly easy to catch or you know they're fairly decent to catch catch them on a regular basis or will they become smarter and smarter and smarter and harder to catch. I know for a fact that the last 5 years has changed a bit because I used to head down there 5 years 6 years ago and we got some good cod and the stocking efforts, you would assume there's bigger and more better quality cod now, which there is because it's five years down the track, but I find that they're a little harder to catch. So yeah, that's that's my thoughts on that, uh, Jason. Next question is from Jack McDonald, mate. Thank you for sending in your question. And Jack goes, hi, I'm just a kid that bugs his father every weekend to go fishing. Mate, that's great and keep at it because I was exactly the same when I was growing up and I'm sure so many people listening to this podcast uh, are exactly the same as well. So, keep doing it, mate. If you love your fishing, keep annoying your parents. That's the go. Uh, You've asked, my dad is wondering when to go surface lure fishing in the river and he also wants to know what lure to fish when the water is dirty. Now, when to go surface fishing in the river? Now, it all depends on what river, mate, but as a summary for everyone listening, winter will be the toughest, but you may have a chance at a massive fish. Winter will be the toughest. Summer is the go. December is the best, as just basically what I've said earlier in this podcast. Summer is the best. December is great. If you're fishing a system that isn't regulated by an impoundment, so if you're fishing just a standard river, creek, stream that's naturally flowing, December will be your best as long as it's not in the middle of drought and struggling with flows. If you've got a flood or if you've got higher water, fast running water after heavy rain, that's not ideal. You want consistent conditions. And then if you are fishing a river system that is regulated, so it is regulated by an impoundment, so your larger rivers, usually your March, April or all your early December is best, but it can depend on the flows. So, for example, the Murrumbidgee River, it fishes great on surface from December through to April. December, January, February, you'll probably get more buffs, more activity in that slower slack water, even when it's running high, but you'll get your better quality fish in that March, April when the water starts to drop. So, that's just a hand, that's just kind of a rough sort of overview. The other thing, um, if you're fishing in an area that's got a lot of heat out west, 
you March, April will probably be better, especially in those slower flowing rivers that aren't regulated by impoundments, just small rivers, creeks, streams, things like that. April is a good time as well. So if you had, if you, as a summary, it's hard to pick, but from December through to April is really when you want to give it a crack. Now, what lures do you use when the water is dirty? dirty you want something that's noisy especially in a river system you want something that stands out if it's dirtier than usual if the system is always dirty the fish are adapted to that but if it's usually clear and then it turns dirty i would recommend using a hard body hard bodies have been my best success in dirty water it rattling or not it's up to you either way it doesn't really matter rattling um that's the only time that i really will be confident using a rattling lure is in dirty water uh, when i'm fishing impoundments trolling impoundments that receive a lot of pressure i don't use a rattle i try to avoid it at all costs uh, but in a dirty situation rattles are fine no rattles are fine as well but a hard body with a lot of thump works well spinnerbaits will also work good but i've found i've had more success with a hard body and even a surface lure, a paddling surface lure in dirty water. A lot of the time you're fishing surface in low light periods in the dark, the dirty water shouldn't bother them too much when it comes to surface. So that's uh, that in a nutshell pretty much, Jack. Thank you for sending your question, mate. And if you have any more, shoot them through. Now, the next question is from Caleb. Caleb, thank you, mate. Uh, you're based in the top of the Murray-Darling Basin. And he says, hi, I'm a young fellow that's just moved to Stanthorpe, just north of the Queensland-New South Wales border. And I love your podcasts. Do you guys know of any access points and techniques for some of the granite gorges for cod in north New South Wales when the border opens back up? So it's only just opened up and the question comes through beforehand. Or southern Queensland for when the next cod season opens. Again, love your podcast and what you're doing for the community. Thank you very much. Now, so you're looking at finishing granite, boulder country for cod. Now, we've got a couple of podcasts coming up that that I was interviewing um, anglers from Canberra region and the techniques you use in that bouldery stuff that they talk about is very similar to what you'd use up north in your area. So definitely listen to those next podcasts coming out. I won't go into too much depth because they cover it quite a lot. Um, In terms of access points, mate, I'm not too sure, but what we are doing inside the membership is we're building access points for a range of waterways as, as we're growing them as much as we can. So at the minute, we have uh, seven available, seven lakes or, or dams. We will have nine in the next couple of months and we're going to continue to add more lakes and dams and then we're going to move on to river systems. So we have a trip planned for up that way next year, mate. Um, and we're going to try and put together, we're going to start with impoundments, but then over time, we're going to add access points uh, on rivers and that. But in terms of specific access points, um, I don't know any off the top of my head, but we'll look at getting someone on the podcast in the future who fishes that area up there and we'll get a bit of info from them for you. Caleb, uh, in terms of techniques for the Granite Gorge country, it's, it's a great area to fish and you've got so many options up there. Basically, a wide range of lures works. I've seen people catch them on everything in that water. Surface lures, swim baits, soft plastics, your standard lures as well. One handy tip I could give you, especially if you're fishing a slow-moving granite gorge country, your chances of snagging are nowhere near as much as if you're fishing heavy timber because you can usually bounce your lures off the rocks. It's usually a bit clearer as well. So opt for lures that the fish visually see, not your super loud, aggressive, hard bodies, things like that. Swim baits are a great option, soft plastics are a good option, your surface lures or sort of 
any lures that are more naturally presented rather than a rattling hard body or a spinnerbait or something like that. So that's just a handy tip for fishing that water, mate. But we'll have more content uh, on fishing that water up north coming soon. Thanks very much for your question, Caleb. Now, next of all, we have Jamie. Now, Jamie has sent us a question and he has asked, have you done an episode on dams and a bit of a guide to which ones uh, and what have available? So, we've got a big question here from Jamie. Now, Jamie says he's never caught a cod. It's his next goal. He's based in Newcastle. Uh, he does a few trips to chase cod every year. He's visited a few close to him, hasn't had any success yet. And he wants to know uh, basically about access to waterways, which ones have cod and what other species, uh, the size of the fish in these lakes, what time of year works, uh, what techniques work best. He's also asked us about also the access to dams. He says he's towing a big boat, potentially a long way, and he has problems getting the boat in uh, at certain spots and doesn't know where to launch, uh, and you understand that has a lot to do with dam levels. Um, what else you've said here? Uh, when we did a trip to Burrenjuk Dam, we talked about it being super hot and we paid entry for the park and we camped on the bank anywhere on the lake. That's the kind of info you're after, Jamie. Mate, that is a perfect summary for exactly what we are doing inside the SF Maps, which is available inside the membership that we created. The SF Maps, uh, this is exactly what you've asked in some in a massive detail. So we've visited seven lakes so far, just a couple on Mawala, Burrenjuk, Burrendong, Yukonbeen, uh, Wyangala, Blaring, Eildon. There's so many out there and we're starting off with the big ones and we're going to work our way through all of them onto the smaller lakes and then also the river systems. And basically what we have in there is access points, your boat ramps, what height you can get them in, two-wheel drive access, four-wheel drive access, your camping, your caravan parks, your key bank fishing spots and then also your key fishing spots from a boat on the lake. So much information there. I won't talk about it too much in this podcast, but Jamie, if you are listening, highly recommend you jump on socialfishing.com.au and check out the membership because it will give you exactly what you're after. And anyone else listening, that's something that we I was really passionate about is helping you guys get catch more fish and the biggest biggest question we received for the last four or five years was where do we go when are they biting things like that and and i know so many people struggle and don't get the opportunity to catch cod and that's why we or myself want to help you guys in these podcasts we share tips and content and things like that and the only other thing missing was you know where you can access a lake what's close to home those kind of things and that's what we're putting together inside the sf maps so if any one of you any you guys are interested to learn more about that see more about that jump on socialfishing.com.au so check that out jamie that'll have all the answers that you are after next question is from daniel now daniel has asked any tips or tricks for fishing from a kayak in rivers. Would love to hear a full podcast on kayak fishing. Mate, that is a great idea and what we might do is we might do that in the future. So, we might aim to have a kayak episode. I'll make note of this question that you've sent in, mate, and we will do a full episode on tips and tricks for kayak lure fishing because uh, I know a lot of anglers out there, a lot of you guys out there fish from kayaks or even canoes but kayaks are very popular these days and it's a different style of fishing to in a boat or from the bank. So we will do some kayak content coming up in the future. 
and I'll get someone on who fishes from a kayak quite a lot because Daniel, I don't do it all that often. I've only done it a tiny little bit. So, I'm better off getting on someone who really knows about fishing from a kayak to share tips and tricks on doing that. So, thanks for your question, mate, and we will aim to have that in the future. And like I said, guys, if you have any questions, if you want to shoot through any questions for us to talk about, ideas for episodes, make sure you shoot them through. The last question is from Gary. Now, Gary has asked, this is a really good one. He said, after spending winter and part of spring in lockdown, my fishing experiences have been confined to a computer and online shopping. <laughs> yeah, like the rest of us, mate. Uh, you've stocked up on the, be- he says, he's stocked up on the best lures available, ready to hit the water. My question is, with the cost of lures being quite expensive, could you show me the kind of device you guys use to retrieve them from the snags uh, or any techniques to retrie- retrieving lures now i actually thought of this just the other day um and it's something that you'd really need to know as a murray cod angler now i've got in the pipeline for the next few weeks to put together a in-depth video on this an in-depth video on lure retrieval the two tools we use are a lure retriever pole and a tackle back and they use we use them for two different situations and scenarios and it's a bit hard to obviously show you how to use them on a podcast but what i'm going to do is put together a video on how to do that so i'm going to put together a video on there's a lot of little tricks to actually getting your lures back So, they will be inside that video and that video will be up for all the members inside the SF membership. We release videos every single week inside this membership. Some of them have got action, um, catching fish. A lot of them are tip-based videos, sharing lots of tips and obviously demonstrations on how to cast banks, you know, different techniques. We had one on bank walking for Golden Perch from Windermere. It was a demo plus action. Uh, One we just brought out the other day was how you work a bank effectively for Murray Cotton impoundments. One coming up soon is how to catch body grubs. Chris and I did a bit of filming the other day on how to chip for body grubs and I did it as a kid and starting off without anyone showing me, you have no idea what to do. So, we've got a full video on that. It's going to be awesome and we've also got bait fishing content in there and one that will come up will be a lure retrieval episode or a video inside the membership. Now, one other thing, guys, uh, that is pretty much... So, that's all the listener questions. So, that's that done. Now, a couple of upcoming episodes I want to share with you guys before we finish up on this episode. I have the guys behind Fish New South Wales Instagram page. So, if you haven't seen it, Fish New South Wales have an Instagram page. It's a really, really popular community page. I interview the two minds, the two guys behind that. So, that's a great episode. Uh, I have the legend Roman from Gugong. He loves Gugong. He's the producer of Roaming Productions or the owner of Roaming Productions. Uh, He chases big cod from Gugong. And it was a great chat with Roman. So, Roman, he is an expert angler, really knows his stuff, spent a lot of time and is keyed into that style of fishing that he does and it is a cracker of episode. So, Roman is coming up. I have Matt Scrooper and Matt is just, he's a camera-based bloke and just loves the adventure and outdoors and we talk about his adventures up in Northern Territory, uh, chasing Barra. We also talk about based home in cod chasing cod and his adventures his hunting adventures and just it's just a general awesome chat with someone who loves the outdoors so that's a really really good one and another one coming up is bait fishing tips and i did that with chris so chris and i sit down and talk about all about bait fishing for cod and well freshwater fish and it's something we haven't touched on a lot yet 
And for those of you who love your bait fishing, that will be a great episode to listen to. Now, before we do finish up, just my recent trips and my plans for the summer ahead and sort of what I've got in store. Now, the recent, I've done a couple of quick night sessions to blaring over the last week and I have struggled to find the fish. But one thing I do want to note is one night I went on a really poor barometer and the activity on my sounder was dead. We could not find cod, could not find bait fish, nothing. We went the other night and on a high barometer, fished the exact same spots and the bait was there. The bait was there, there were redfin, there were carp and we found, I scanned up three monster cod on this bank that was swimming around with carp, feeding on carp. Do you think we could convince them to eat, which is usually what happens to most of us? We could not convince these big fish to eat, but these were big, big fish. So, I would estimate over 115 centimeters, possibly bigger. They were massive fish and we saw three of them on this short, flat bank, but we just couldn't convince them to eat. But we were chasing large fish. I wasn't fishing the rocky banks, the rocky points where you're going to find the majority of your active smaller fish and your big fish as well. I was out on the flats chasing these giant fish feeding on carp. And obviously, they got to feed a fish or a feed a carp or they just weren't a fan of our lures, but that's why we chase them. They uh, they test us a lot, uh, but that'll keep me going back. So, my plans for chasing cod uh, is fishing in the dark mainly. So, between now and Christmas, in the impoundments is the ideal time to go for the summer. Come around March, April, it'll start to fish better again, but I will fish the impoundments quite a lot now until Christmas and then I'll focus my attention on, I'm going to be doing a fair bit of trout stuff uh, in backwaters and tail races, which is great fun, doing a bit of creek stuff and river stuff for cod and surface fishing and things like that and a bit of bass stuff hopefully. But early, early now, now the next three weeks is when I'm going to be concentrating on chasing cod. Now I'm heading out usually for afternoon sessions, but late in the afternoon, get yourself set up and for the night. So the night session is critical and I'm planning my trips on the weekend best I can around the barometer. I'll pick the best day, whether it's Friday night or Saturday night, around the barometer. And if I can fish around the barometer, it's going to give me the best chance of catching fish. So they're my plans. Um... Obviously, I'm going to be doing Burrenjuk and Blaring quite a lot because that's based where I am. Burrenjuk is a great place over the summertime and fingers crossed it fishes well this summer. And yeah, that's basically my plan of attack is fishing those low light periods for cod and then come later on in summer, change it up a bit and do all those other styles of fishing. I want to thank you guys for tuning in and listening to another episode of the podcast. Obviously, this one was a little bit different to normal. The next four coming up are all interview style ones, so back to the usual. But I wanted to do a little special cod opening, one that went on for a little bit longer than I thought. So hopefully it gave you a bit to listen to if you had, you know, 45-minute hour road trip to wherever you're fishing, even if you just listened to part of it. I hope you learned something from it, get you a little bit pumped up and inspired for the cod season ahead. But now you know what episodes are coming up, what's in store. Obviously, if you want more content, if you want access to quality videos, you want the maps. We've also got reports inside the membership. So while I've got the time to mention it now, we've got updated reports from I think it's 13 or 14 different destinations in New South Wales and Victoria. A couple of new ones that have just jumped on board is you have Jacko writing the Wyangala report. So he will report on if the fish are biting, how he's catching them, what the go is at Wyangala. We've also got a Wagga region report for people who live in the Wagga area uh, on the Murrumbidgee 
fishing local waterways there. That's written by Chris. And we also have Lake Epilock is a new one that's gone up and it's written by Justin Rees. So that is Lake Epilock. And then we've got all the rest of them. Nagambi, Blaring, Burrenjuk, uh, Burrendong, and there's quite a lot. And we're looking to expand them as as we can when we get the when we have enough members that we are capable to expand them and get on new report writers. The aim is to get 20, 30, 40 plus reports, written up-to-date reports, written by locals who fish the spots giving you quality content the day, like within a few days of it happening rather than you know, waiting, you know, a month or not waiting but getting predictions. So, basically getting predictions and people writing for magazines where it's print, they're about six weeks in advance and you can really never predict. It's just a guessing game on what happened last year and that's the whole point of the membership is to help you guys. If you guys have any questions for me, all members inside the membership can ask me questions direct. They want help planning a trip, they need advice on a spot, techniques, gear, anything. I am here to help and that is the whole point of the membership. So, you guys can go check that out at socialfishing.com.au. It's the social fishing membership. It gives you access to those videos. Uh, there's articles in there written by a range of different anglers. There's a community as well. So, basically, you can ask questions, post photos. We give away competitions. Every month, we give away a $100 lure prize pack and every year, we give away a fishing trip to come fishing with myself plus there's other cool things in store. A couple of things off the top of my head is even the Knots and Rigs library. There's a full library there on all the Knots and Rigs you'd need. We're continually adding more to that uh, when more, we come up with more or when we learn more Knots and Rigs, they go into there and they're always there available ready for you. So, if you want to support this podcast, if you want to support what we do, but more importantly, if you want to become a better angler, learn lots and get access to so much information, check out the Social Fishing Membership. Once again, guys, thank you very much for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. If you did enjoy it, can you take a screenshot on your phone? Most of us have Instagram or Facebook these days. Put it up on your story, tag me and just leave a comment of what you enjoyed or what you like or I just love to hear from you guys and even if you've got ideas for us of stuff to create, send me messages. The You can put in the listener questions like I mentioned and head to Apple Podcasts and leave a review and a comment and a rating on Apple Podcasts so that we can reach more people with this. If you have any people in particular that you would like us to interview, if there's someone that you follow, I might not know who they are, shoot me through a message because the more minds we have behind sort of picking people to interview, the more people I can reach uh, and obviously, I want to hear from you guys who you want me to talk to or topics or different sort of fish styles or anything in particular, just shoot them through. Guys, if you're about to launch the boat or walk along the creek after pulling up the car, good luck on cut opening. Good luck this whole summer. These are tips that will last all of summer. I hope you guys achieve your dreams in the 20... It's pretty well the 2021 cod season. It's the end of 2020, but pretty well the 2021 cod season. We have nine months to go kick some goals. Get out there and have fun. I really appreciate you listening. I hope you're pumped now. Catch some big fish. And if you have any questions for me, shoot them through. I'll be talking to you in the future, guys. Enjoy cod opening and go catch a meadery.